hashtag Tim and Sid. Of course, I go by the name of the kid. Famous. Wow. This here is the Tim and Sid Show. You are now tuned in. Coast to coast. Edutaining the masses. Sports entertainment. Yeah. It's about to get started. Sit back. Enjoy the show. In five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, it's Sunday. Sunday what? It's Friday then. It's Saturday Sunday what? It's Friday then. It's Saturday. Th- By the way, Timmy, it's been like three or four days. Why the Why the hockey night in Canada jacket behind me? Well, I just I decided to add different things to. I love it. The I set. We love it. And yeah. uh, I've never put that hockey night in Canada jacket on. Uh, it is always simply hung. Right. With reverence, because for me it's like the Stanley Cup. You can't touch. Oh, when it. we when we got it, uh, yeah. I forget what the fundraiser was that week on on Hockey Night. Forgive me, it was a while ago now. But they sent Tim and I a couple, and they're like, "You're gonna wear them on the show." And Tim and I looked at each other. We're like, "We're it's like lifting the 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 the, the, the Prince of Wales trophy uh, and parading it around after you win it and advance to a Cup final. You can't do that." That's yeah. ridiculous. So I, I, it's appropriate to hang it. I was just curious what the back, what the backstory was. Good enough for me because I love, I still love the look. It's one of the legendary looks in Canadian sports history. It's phenomenal. But we brought, remember, we brought it up to Kipper, and he had the same notion. Like, you can't wear the jacket. No, you can't. And I believe Kipper may have been on the deck. For <laughs> those tell, uh, tell tell the tales out of school, but I don't think he agreed with it. <laughs> for those uh, who don't uh, see us because they're listening on radio, I have the the baby blue hockey oh, night Canada. Blazer hanging behind me on my set for television. Uh, it is December 18th. It's a Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. I'm Tim McAuliffe. He's Sid Sixero. We are live on TV and radio. Uh, last night after the show, we were also live online alongside mm-hmm. Mitch Marner for his uh, streamathon fundraiser. Uh, thanks to all you who not only tuned in but also contributed towards his goal of helping needy families this holiday season. Uh, great time had by all. Very Absolutely. hard to do uh, on Zoom with four different people, some of them trying to be funny. Especially when Jerry D has the worst internet trying to be funny. That's a <laughs> tough go. I love, I'm, I'm all for Jerry D, but if you're not that fun, if you, if you don't have good internet, it's tough to stream. Uh, Jerry D jumped on Doug Gilmore, Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. Abbotsford, BC native, Olympian Laura Stacy joined us, Matt Martin. Uh, it, it was you just a great time at questions with Claypool. You, do you I got a little. That? I got no. I'm, you you got in a couple. No, you didn't get in a couple. You, I definitely no. I definitely jumped in a few times. There's yeah, no doubt about were, it. You There's were no guarding Chase Claypool from yeah, Mitch Marner. I did. That's what happened yesterday. Yeah, it's like talk, talk about the holy roller. Like I wanted to go through all of Steelers history <laughs> with him too. Um, it was it was fantastic. It was a fun show. And again, thanks to Mitch and Natasha and everyone uh, at the uh, Marner Assist Fund for letting us be a part of that. That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, uh, again, after a two-hour show, it's a labor of love, but it was a lot of love in that room, and we appreciate it. So, a lot of fun last night. Uh, we're going to have some fun on the show here, Timmy. Tim McAuliffe yeah. has put together a fresh, yeah, can I let some cat out of the bag here, Tim? Is it ho- holiday-themed countdown to kickoff? Is that is that what you told me earlier this week? Yeah, say it, it? Might even, it might even be holiday-memed. Edition. Ah, I like it. Kickoff. I like it. So that's coming up in hour two. We got best of the week scheduled for later in the hour. Also in 20 minutes time, yesterday's newsbreaker in the Mm -hmm. National Hockey League, Chris Johnston of Sportsnet, will drop by. And uh, since we're talking hockey now, too, might as well start there for the show. And there seems to be a a calm 
before the storm feeling. I, I don't know what the storm moment. is, though. What's the storm? Uh, Let's figure out the storm. I don't know. I don't know if it's a Cat 1 or a Cat 5. I don't know what we're dealing with yet. Yeah. We, we, we don't know uh, what could drop, but it feels like something could drop any minute now. And, of course, uh, we will bring you any updates as they happen. We might even have to drop the holiday-themed or memed edition of Countdown to Kickoff if, in fact, something were to break. But our own Chris Johnson, as you mentioned, uh, his report kind of dominated the show yesterday and was reverberating around the hockey world. What, what, is, what is your rather ample gut tell you is going to happen? <laughs> and maybe more importantly... When and I listen, I'm a, I, this is a pot called the Kettle Black. Yeah, right he's, not, he's not throwing too many stones there, and he knows that. Tongue in cheek, <laughs> yeah. stone in cheek, as they say, Tim. Stone in cheek from my glass house. Uh, yes. What is that? What does La Banzola tell you <laughs> about when and where and what and what the hell we're doing right now in hockey? Two things, and I just want to repeat what Jeff Blair said to me in the last block here on the radio side on Writer's Block because they talked to Brian Burke not that long ago, and what Berkey told them was according to his info of the five provincial health agencies, there is just one that's kind of really not buying what the NHL's selling. Now, if you go back in history, what's the province that wasn't buying what they were selling back in the bubble days? It was British Columbia. So if you just do some math there, we, we don't know that. But if you do the math, they, they are a suspect. There's some dots. Absolutely. You can draw some Definitely. lines. Definitely. So if it's just the one health agency... I think we all can do some quick math and realize there's maybe a way around that if you find one other arena that seats 15,000 or more, if seats are even, well, assuming fans will come in at some point, that might be an issue. So that's the one thing I, I want to throw out there because I, I, the TV audience needs to know that as well and the podcast audience. Secondly, Tim, there's, I learned today there's no way camps start January 3rd. I think that's almost official. Based on this, Kirby Doc was named captain of our World Junior Hockey entry in Edmonton. I, I take you back to when more Kirby dots. Doc... More Yeah, lines. more dots. Because when yeah. Kirby Doc of the Blackhawks was let go to the camp, Chicago basically told Hockey Canada, if we need him to come back for camp, he's coming back for camp. Today, Hockey Canada not only named Kirby Doc captain, and congratulations to the Fort Saskatchewan Alberta native. It's a huge honor. Congratulations. But they also said they talked to the Blackhawks before doing it. It's done. The camps are not starting January 3rd. Done. 56 games. I don't know what you're willing to bet still on 56 games happening in the NHL. I don't think it's that. My gut tells let, let me go back to your initial question, Tim. With all that in the ether, and we're going to talk to CJ coming up, they're playing. It ain't 56. They'll figure it out. I'm praying the Canadian division safely happens in Canada. Praying. Absolutely praying. But 40 games, four, like 56 games is done. Okay. There's no way 56. Because January it's 3rd also, camps aren't happening. It's not, it's not happening. If you follow the history of this show, we're pretty good at seeing the dots, pointing out the dots, and then drawing the lines to the dots. Um, and sometimes you gotta, you, you've got to kind of understand what we're doing here, think about it yourself, and come up with your own conclusion. But the reports of the potential Toronto and Edmonton hubs also were very interesting to me. Like, these are smart people. So the players themselves that play for Canadian teams and the fans hear about the chance of not only losing the Canadian division, 
but having to play in the United States of America. And the players think, oh, bleep, like we're going to have to move this whole season to the United States? Like what about in my weeks. family? Yeah, within weeks. What about still. my friends? Yeah. Oh, right, we're in a pandemic. Maybe I'm okay with Hub Cities again, right? Maybe yeah. the fans are okay with Hub Cities so long as they get their Canadian division. Like, there's a lot of groundwork, I think, that's being done here. But if you think that we aren't going to see some more American states and or cities shut down, you're not paying attention. Like, the reading I never want to do because it scares me tells me that even the most Republican parts of the United States, we might see more shutdowns. Los Angeles had 15,000 cases today. Sorry, yesterday. It was Thursday. 15,000 cases. May, may, have, may have surpassed it today, Tim, for all we know. <laughs> may for have all surpassed I know. that. Yeah. For all I know. So we're going to start seeing shutdowns again in the United States. And if you think it's only San Jose, you're kidding yourself. And the NHL is looking at all this, and they know it. And I'm with you. It's going to be very hard to get 56 games in, let alone a season. And I'm scared. I want to see hockey. I want to see it safe. I'm As a broadcaster, I want to see all of it. I want to see it. I don't know if January 13th is going to happen. I mean, I'm willing to I'm willing to bet decent money on whoever wants to take the bet. That ain't happening. Right. Just just connect more dots. Now, Listen, Tim, in terms of in terms of what you just said, I the United States of America has taught me one thing in the last nine months. With over three hundred thousand dead, if these are the restrictions they're only going to put in, that ain't changing. Especially if they think the vaccine is right around the corner. And good luck with and that. No stimulus. It ain't, it ain't it ain't that around the corner. We'll find out tonight. Very current and very relevant, Tim. We'll find out tonight. Um, well, no, actually, no stimulus previously. You're right. They're voting on it tonight. Anyway, the point is, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. 56 isn't going to happen. What What did you make of eight German World Junior Hockey players testing positive and two members of the Swedish team off the ice like, testing positive in Edmonton? What did you make of that tonight? Again, again, I felt icky about this, and I've said it, and I was scolded by Brian Burke for feeling icky about it. Um, the Germans need to enter quarantine until December 24th. Canada opens their tournament against the Germans on Boxing Day. That's eight days from now. That means Germany I, can't skate till the 25th. So they're going right. to skate the 25th. Then, okay, you got Canada. Tim, Tim Stutzler, you got Canada the next day. Right. And the virus can go undetected even by PCR tests in the early stages of contraction. So there might be more. Ho-hum. I feel like nobody wants to hear about this. They just want their hockey. I got it. Like, that's, that's where I feel like I'm at. Like, our audience doesn't care. Just give me their hockey, shut up, move on. See, that's where I slightly disagree. Because if they go down to seven teams that can only play, you're not getting your hockey. So you better care about what Tim's talking about. You better care you, about that story. Me, you better care you about those tests. Let me ask you That's question. where I slightly disagree. No, okay, stop. Uh, and <laughs> that sounded way too way aggressive. It, it didn't mean to be. If you get to seven teams because two teams have dropped out of this tournament, do you think they'll actually stop it? The I, the double IHF will just say, okay, let's let's rejig this. What are, thing. What are you going to add? Like the they're already there. To fly in. Like what are you going to do? No, like, well, but like, they're you're, already going to have there. a tournament just... with six teams. Like, yes. Well, like like old school PS Standy, like round yes. robin format. Like is that what you want to do? Yes. <laughs> old school. 
It's they're gonna they're, they're, they're there. To Everyone's your point, there. to your to your point, I can't disagree with the notion that the three letter and Nike and Hockey Canada and Bauer and whoever I'm missing will try and move heaven and earth to make sure Canadians have the annual right to watch their hockey team destroy others. They will do anything they can. And you and I and you and I know hockey people over there, good people who absolutely live for this tournament. Live. Never mind the business part of it. Just the competitive aspect of it. Love it. And I and I want to see it. Including and the so players. I agree with like you. we've you've heard of guys like you heard of guys who have been first round picks being jacked to make the team. Like I get it all. I get what Burke was saying yesterday. I understand it. It doesn't make me feel better about it. I know there's a lot of really good people there trying to do what is absolutely best and that a bubble will help them and keep them safe. But, yes, we did bring into our country people with COVID for the sake of a world junior hockey. Who saw problems there, Tim? Who saw problems coming there, putting three hockey teams on one flight during a global pandemic? I'm really surprised. Really surprised. Want to do some basketball? Jurassic Park in Tampa will be alive and kicking this evening <laughs> as the Miami Heat take on the Toronto Raptors at Amelie Arena, the Raptors' new home away from home. It's the third of three preseason games for the Raptors. They get it going for reals next Wednesday Am I dumb? against the New Orleans Pelicans. Are you dumb? Yeah. What's Amelie? What does Amelie do? Amelie? Yeah, uh, no, is? I don't know it either. If someone put a gun to my head and said, what is Amelie? What company is Amelie? Uh, well, like, what do they provide people? I have no idea. Oil I have company. no idea. Um, right now, they're providing the Raptors a home. That, that I know. Yeah. They're providing them with shelter and a roof. Yeah. What, oil, what company. Are, oil company? Motor Good oil. for them. Motor Good for them. oil. Oh, Motor oil. Oh, they're Motor getting killed, oil. too. They're getting destroyed. I've driven my car four times in nine months. Uh, what are your expectations for this Raptors team this season, Tim? That's an amazing one. Um, someone asked me if if, it, if would it be a disappointment if they get off to a, 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 a tough start? And it's almost, expect, it's almost expected. Th- th- yeah, this is going yeah. to be way harder than anyone is talking about right now. Like finding a place to stay, middle of the pandemic, wondering about your family, practice court in a hotel, like. And because of just how professional the Raptors have been able to handle everything thrown at them over the last, I don't know, three to four years, they might be able to handle this all pretty well. If they don't, we shouldn't be all that surprised. But the question you need to ask yourself is what will happen if they do struggle? What happens, Sid, if the Raptors start 9 and 10? Or 15 and 15. Like, that's going to expedite the decisions that will need to be made. Kyle Lowry and his future, chief among them. He was an all-star last year for the sixth straight year at 34 years old. He will be 35 in March. What do you do with him will be one of the major questions this year. The guy who developed into Mr. Raptor, if it's a slow start, That question, as I saw Michael Grange write about it yesterday, will come hard and fast. Because if you just let him walk, he's still a very valuable piece. And that might be a huge mistake. Here's here's what I know about Kyle Lowry, and I I believe you know it as well. Do you agree with with the sentiment, though? 
I agree with the sentiment. Like if they're bought, if they're if they're six, seven, eight in the East, and but there's another side of that. And I was going there. It's like just Kyle's right. general mood. Like even with okay. Kawhi around, let's remember 2019. Even with yeah. Kawhi around, yeah. him and Masai had to have a sit down, one they hadn't really had since Demar got traded. Kawhi is getting preferential treatment. That's part of the package. There's no other way to describe it. And if you're mm-hmm. Kyle, I understand you're a little pissed at that. And on the court, it, the chemistry wasn't great yet. Like he's not. Kyle is not going to be shy about voicing his displeasure. And if he would like to maybe get a change of scenery before hitting open market, like some of his close friends, like Serge Ibaka, just did. I, I, I or a I new contract. No, or a new contract. No Raptor fan should have to worry about that. If Kyle's got a problem, I guarantee you, <laughs> you'll hear about it. Masai and Nick are going to hear about it. So I think, uh, Tim, I think it's, it's twofold. It's the record. It's where they are. It's what you said off the top and where Kyle is at. Because there is still a possibility Kyle, Kyle could be having an all-star year for all we know, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. there's different levels of frustration in him. So we'll see. But, uh, but if they're top four in the East, I don't think it's an issue. But if, if they're not, to, to kind of agree with you, it could be an issue. Um, Raptors heat, you can hear it right here on Sportsnet. Five night of the fan. Following our show, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, Eric Smith, Paul Jones with the call in NBA preseason tonight on uh, Sportsnet. Net Celtics is on Sportsnet, 8 p.m. Eastern. Bucks Pelicans, Sportsnet 1. That's who the Raptors will open their season against. And at 10 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet, uh, two teams that I'm suggesting will be in and around the top of the Western Conference. Mm. I, the Lakers, I, of course. That's, that's a big take and on the Phoenix, man. Phoenix Suns. That's a big take on Phoenix. Big Phoenix, take on Phoenix. Phoenix, uh, six seed in the West. They'll take, take that. that bet. No, I, I would, I would agree with that because this, this Chris Paul guy makes people better. I don't know if yeah, everyone's yeah. noticed. Like Chris Paul, I don't care how old he is, he makes teams better. To what extent we can debate, but. Uh, he makes teams better. Uh, I wanted to get to a baseball clip that you um, pointed my attention to. Maybe we'll do that in the third block of the show, Sydney. We got, uh, Captain, and we can do, we got uh, best. We got best of the week in third. Oh, uh, we got best of the week. Let's do it here then. Th- I, I re- I'd love to do it here. Thank you, Tim. I'd love to do it mm-hmm. here because I stumbled upon this last night. Tim and I and a lot of other people have been talking about how engaged the Toronto Blue Jays have been this offseason. Now, nothing's really broken yet, aside from James McCann, four years, $40 million to the Mets, but that doesn't mean things aren't going to happen here at any moment. And, and, and the sub-issue has been how attractive a destination is Toronto actually? Obviously, there's border concerns. Obviously, they've just kind of spent fresh money last year with Hyunjin Ryu. Like, it's Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro were trying to change the philosophy. But I heard this last night, Tim, from Dan Plezak. Dan Plezak was in the league for nearly 20 years. And he's normally a pretty funny guy on MLB Network. He got really serious uh, when he was talking about Toronto as a destination city for free agents. And the reason I, I, I found this interesting, Tim, because you're going to have people on Twitter going, what, what do we care what Dan Plezak has to say? A lot of major leaguers and agents watch that channel. And what Dan Plezak said last night about Toronto, I found very intriguing considering how many decisions are being made across Major League Baseball either tonight, tomorrow, or the next two or three weeks. This I found fascinating. Take a look. 
you played for the Blue Jays twice, right? Two different career. stints. Two different stints. Would you, as a free agent, put Toronto towards the top of your list if you were a free agent right now? I would. I was traded initially to the Blue Jays, and it, initially I was very angered at the trade. It went from the Pirates, traded to the Blue Jays. And at that time, I was with the Milwaukee Brewers, so the only knowledge I really had of the city of Toronto was coming as a visiting player. And I thought going through customs, the money exchange, was kind of something like it was just another added little annoyance. So I wasn't too thrilled, but I will say this. Of all the places that I played, you're looking at it right there, the Rogers Center, right in the heart of downtown Toronto, might be the best place in baseball to play for a couple of reasons. One, the weather's nice. They open the roof. It's beautiful. They close the roof. The ball flies out. If I were an everyday player, that city right there has as much to offer. People ask me all the time, give me a comp to what Toronto is. Toronto is exactly like the city of Chicago, city located on the water, right on Lake Ontario. It's beautiful. It has everything. If you're into arts and culture for your wife and your family, they have everything you could ever want in the city of Toronto. Played for 18 seasons. I signed back as a free agent the second tour because I felt like I found out the best kept secret in baseball was the city of Toronto. Really? Yes. Tim, I can't, I can't emphasize this enough, how many young ball players around the league watch that channel. And I'm not saying that's make or break either way. Money's the most important yeah. thing to like 80% of people. I realize that. Yes. But that, and I'm not, I don't think I'm overstating it. If you're, on the, if you're on the fence, if you're DJ LeMahieu, everyday player, you have an extra 25 mil on the table from the Jays or the Yankees are offering you four years, I don't know. That's really interesting to hear. Really interesting to hear. Higher, higher damn. Pl I don't know if he saw it. I don't know if anyone saw it. I don't know how many people saw it. But yes, higher damn police act as your PR director. Uh, <laughs> later on, we'll learn a lesson from Jerry West on why you don't leave voicemails, especially when you're doing nefarious things as a franchise. But coming up next, Chris Johnson, he's the fire starter, and we will talk to him next. When does the NHL get going? We're all waiting. We'll talk to Chris next. Right here on Tim and Sid, Sportsnet, Radio and TV. Coming up on Sportsnet 590, the fan, the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. Uh, Nick Nurse says Kyle Lowry will play tonight and probably in both halves. So there's that. Also, uh, pictures... From Emily Arena of the Raptors banner hanging from the rafters beside that of the retired numbers of Martin St. Louis and Vincent LeCavalier. Vincent LeCavalier, the Michael Jordan of hockey. Vincent LeCavalier. Uh, completely uncut. You think it's a cut? Make it feel like home. I got no problem with it. Is it a cut just, for Tim McAuliffe? Just weird to see that. Like, Think of how long it took to get something like that in your building, and now just people in Tampa can enjoy it. Well, it, I, I don't think it's for the people in Tampa. I think it's for the actual it's guys who aren't allowed to go home. Yeah, I think it's yeah. for them. I think it's for them. I, I, I don't think the opinions of the 3,800 people who are allowed in the arena really matter in terms of the banner. Whatever whatever makes Kyle and Nick Nurse uh, comfortable in any so way, wear do it. it. Just looks weird beside Le Cavalier. That's all I'm saying. It does look weird. I'm not. Yeah, I won't. I won't lie to you. Where was it in Toronto? It was next to the. Bon Jovi banner? The bon Jovi no, they took, that down. <laughs> they took that down a long time ago. Uh, all right. Well, we're all kind of uh, living on a prayer here with the National Hockey League. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet joining us. Um, 
CJ, just uh, if you have to take any call here during this interview or any text, obviously, please do. If you want to give us play-by-play as you do it, uh, I have no problem with that. Where, uh, what is the state of play here, CJ? Like, what's what's your feeling? Oh, it's a hard one to read, guys. I mean, you know, normally when we're we're sort of breaking these situations down, if it's say an issue that the players and the owners are having trouble finding agreement on, we we have sort of a, a sense of how the things go and, and the history and all that. I mean, you know, I, I'm just not in a good spot as as a sports reporter and, and a hockey journalist to tell you what the government's going to do. Um, you know, I think we're at a point where I, I don't believe, you know, I, I've seen a few people, you know, term this as kind of a negotiating tactic or something that the fact that the NHL has started to make these plans, but I, I actually don't really view it that way myself. I think that this is a legitimate backup plan because, you know, they're not sure what the governments are going to do. And, and, you know, obviously a huge complicating factor in these specific talks is that it, it's five provincial health authorities that would have to sign off on it just to allow the, the seven Canadian teams to play one another and, and travel around. And so, you know, four of them theoretically could, could like it. And one of them might raise opposition and say, we're not going to do this. And the whole plan falls apart. So, um, you know, I, I'm not in a good position to predict where this is headed, but, you know, I, I do believe that, uh, you know, the, the NHL is, is seriously looking at its options just in case it's left with no other choice. I think the idea that this is out there uh, helps a little bit, but I completely agree with you that the NHL has to go about starting a plan B, a plan C, because the whole season depends on it. Like, they can't just sit on their hands and wait for an okay. Absolutely. And and it's clear to me that the league is going to do everything in its power to, to play this season. Um, you know, whether that's moving the San Jose Sharks, which is going to have to happen at least for a time, uh, you know, probably to start the year for training camp uh, because of restrictions in California. Exactly. The other California teams could, could fall under the same category. And, you know, they, they absolutely do not want to move the Canadian teams. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a preferred outcome by any stretch, you know, what we're talking about here, but they have to at least consider it um, because of, you know, where we're at. And, and, but, you know, I think it's a sign frankly of, of how, committed or how much they, they really want to try to play a season. You know, I think that there, there, there perhaps could be some kind of solution if there's a sort of a temporary type bubble set up somewhere, you know, maybe in Canada, if, if they, the, the health authorities will sign off on that, you know, maybe there's a way to get it done that way. But um, this is, we, as we know, we we're, no one needs to be told this nine months in, but we're living in kind of strange times. And, you know, this, this would be an unexpected outcome because I think a lot of us were excited about the prospect of a Canadian division and, everything that might hold and, and, you know, it would all fall apart here if, uh, you know, if this plan doesn't go through. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid. After you posted that story yesterday, CJ, how many texts from players did you get saying, what? My point is how, how, how surprised were players upon hearing this yesterday as well? I, I think players are really surprised, honestly. I mean, look, the, the league only had its first conference call with the Canadian teams to, to really broach this subject in a meaningful way yesterday afternoon, uh, you know, probably half an hour, 45 minutes before that story went public. So, you know, the, the teams themselves, I, I think that they probably knew it was, you know, something that could happen. But, you know, this this is a pretty fresh option that's, that's being discussed. And so, you know, I, I doubt, other than the players maybe that are, you know, very, very involved in, in the, the ongoing talks. And, and, you know, when you have a membership of 750 or 800 players in, in the NHLPA, 
obviously there's varying levels of engagement uh, on, a, on a day-to-day basis with these kind of issues. I mean, I, I think a lot of guys were confused and, and, you know, I did hear from a few that just wanted to get, get a little bit more info than, than might've been in the story, but uh, you know, look, I, 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 this is a confusing time for everyone. I, I will say even people on the team side, even people that work for the Canadian teams with, with big titles, I, I, they don't know what's going on entirely. And it's not because it's being shielded from them. I think there's just a lot of unpredictability to this. And, and so when you're asking off the top about the state of play, you know, I, you could have presidents of these teams, you could have even the commissioner on, and, and I'm not sure anyone can speak with too much certainty uh, about, you know, how this is going to unfold. But, but, you know, I think that the, the truth that's staring us all in the face here is there's not really that much time. I mean, there's, there's probably a couple more weeks to work with in terms of planning for the season, but, you know, even if they're going to play something like a 48 game season and, and finish it before the Tokyo Olympics, I mean, it's got to start sometime in early February. And, and so with Christmas coming next week with, you know, a lot still to, to be kind of figured out here, you know, I, time is certainly of the essence for the NHL. Are the rest of the I's dotted and T's crossed? Because before you broke this news, there was this, you know, well, we're given here and they were given there and we're get, like, is is the rest done and they're just waiting on this? Well, it sounds like they've made a, a lot of progress with the protocols and, and things of that nature. And okay. so, you know, one one of the things here, though, is the protocols are contingent on the plan, right? I mean, the, the protocols look one way if the teams are all playing in their home arenas and traveling around. I mean, the, the rules about how that would work are, are one set. If, if they end up playing in, in, you know, whether it's temporary, you know, hubs or something more like a bubble, I mean, that, that's a different set of rules. Yeah, I think that, that, that all that stuff is pretty manageable. I mean, it, there's a lot of almost, I would almost call them technicalities, at least as it pertains to those of us on the outside. I mean, things, rules and things that, that really will not impact our lives, but that matter in terms of a negotiation between the players and the league about how, you know, the season's considered in, in regards to, you know, players you know, tenure in the league, whether they get, you know, benefits, all these types of things. I mean, there's a lot that had to go into that, but I don't think that that's really holding it up. I mean, um, you, you can't re- finalize those protocols until you know what the season's going to look like. And, and let's face it, I think the league had been working, I don't want to say under the assumption, because I'm sure they anticipated this might not be smooth, but, you know, they've been working on the plan of, of the Canadian. The whole reason for Canadian division is that I think they, they anticipated it would be allowed because there's, no U.S. teams coming, going over the, the, the federal border. You just travel within the country and, and, you know, everything should work. Well, you know, the fact that that now appears to be in some degree of peril changes things. And, um, you know, I, I do think that if this is sorted out, they'll, they'll be able to sort of wrap up the rest in pretty short order. But, you know, they're all kind of tied together. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet here on Tim and Sid. Uh, CJ, I'm going to play devil's advocate here on, on the NHL and just and, and set me straight. NBA season starts Tuesday. The fact that the NHL in November just didn't lock themselves in rooms or on Zoom calls and figure out a plan is a horrible look with the Raptors having a preseason game tonight in Tampa and the season starting next week. Why am I wrong? Because it's a totally different league in the sense that you have two countries that have the degree of representation they do. I mean, the NBA could make its plan and basically the Raptors had to kind of figure out its own thing. And then you're on your own. If You know, if you, you guys figure that out and let us know where you're playing, yeah. if, if it's not in Toronto, whereas I think with, with such heavy representation in Canada, 
with the ties to the sport, I mean, it's almost symbolic. Uh, you know, imagine if this season is played without a game in Canada. We, I mean, we call the show on Saturday Hockey Night in Canada. It's not Canadian teams playing in Kansas City or whatever. Um, you know, like... Great point. It, I, I think that, that you know, the, the league, back when they were doing the whole thing in the summer, before they even decided which cities, you know, we, we talked endlessly about that. You know, the league wanted one of those cities at least to be Canadian. It ended up with two. But they, they, they feel like they have to sort of respect the two countries. And I think it just introduces this this kind of potential chaos is, is that there's a lot of different people involved. I mean, Ontario might view this one way, and I think Ontario is one of the provinces that, that probably doesn't mind this going forward. But B.C., you know, might not just be on board with this plan, you know, that, and, and so and might never be and might never see things the same way as, as you know, the, the the health authorities in the different provinces. And, and so I think the fact that they can't just go to one body and make a deal makes it complicated. And so, yeah, you're right. In in theory, of course, it would be better if, if the league was starting around the same time as the NBA, just just as like happened in the summertime. But I, I do think that it's a, a totally different environment. And, and um, you know, this is, this is unpredictable, too. I mean, we knew a second wave was coming, but I don't think any of us, I mean, I'm not an expert on this, but, but expected the numbers to be as bad as they are in Canada. And that that's... You know that that's really what's underlying this. I think it's hard, a hard time for the provinces to sign off on this kind of agreement. At the same time, they're all doing increased lockdowns. They're all telling everyone, you know, that they're shutting down businesses. They're telling people you can't go travel for Christmas or the holidays. Uh, this, this is that's this the is issue. Really the businesses are going on. You're right, though, CJ. That's forgive me, Tim, but businesses are not going to survive this pre and post Christmas. They're not going to be around, and you're going to tell them go leaves go. That's the problem. Right, and and it's to me it's political. Again, I'm not an expert on this, but and I'm clearly biased, and I'll and I'm my, saying my bias at the start of this. But I don't actually know how much danger to public health there is here. I mean, these guys are tested basically every single day. I mean, I haven't seen the protocols, but it'll be very regularly. The minute any of them produce a positive test, they're completely separated and isolated. There's there's detailed contact tracing done, and they're flying on charter planes and staying in the exact same hotel in each city and living pretty contained lives. I mean, I don't think that there's all that much danger, especially given that, that the three of us could meet, you know, at Pearson in an hour and fly anywhere in the country right now. And right. and that would be totally allowed. I mean, it's not as though Canadians themselves, I know that they're telling us to stay home, but, you know, I... Not, I, I not everyone's Edmonton. staying home. Yeah, not I flew to Edmonton and, and covered the playoffs in September, and it was just like normal. I mean, other than the fact the airport was empty and I had to wear a mask. And I flew home. I mean... My, I guess my point is, is there's already people traveling in, in much less safe ways than the NHL would. We're talking about a relatively small few people. I think it's more the symbolism, honestly, that that uh, of letting the, the NHL have you know special rules or separate rules. But you know, I think if we're actually looking at the public health danger here, I just I don't really see one. I think there's. I brought it up yesterday, and a lot of people started yelling and screaming at me. But there is a lot of optics that are involved in all of this, especially when you're going to be testing these people as much as they're going to be tested. Um, that said, if anything ever were to happen, then people would start pointing fingers, and that's the that's the optics that you're worried about. I'm going to ask you two, one more question that, that is actually two because we're running out of time here, though. Uh, is there any talk behind the scenes about calling Quebec City or any other place that has uh, a major league-ready type of uh, arena or... Is it closer to hub ideas again? Because if I were a player and I heard that news yesterday and thought I have to move to the United States 
or playing a hub in Canada, I might choose the hub in Canada that my family can drive to. You might, except uh, I think some players are thinking, well, maybe we'll, we'll be like the Raptors and spend the winter in Florida or something, uh, you know, and, and you can bring your family down there. Uh, you know, I don't think that there's much talk more about, you know, because going to Quebec City, you still have to deal with the province of Quebec. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, primarily this is a provincial uh, jurisdiction decision. Yeah, and so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't I don't think other cities in Canada are really the solution. Um, it's it's more going down to the states. And, and look, I'm sure players aren't wild about this, but ultimately the decision might come down to this. The NHL can say, this was our plan. Play out of your home city. Everything would be fine. The government's not going to allow it. If, if we don't have a season or you don't play, you don't get paid. If, if we do have a season, you get 72% of your, your paycheck, as we agreed upon in the MOU. And, and, you know, I don't know about you guys. I'd probably relocate at this point in time to get 72% over zero and, you know, I'm not I'm by no means diminishing that, that it would be a difficult thing for some families. It was not ideal, but, you know, this, there's been a lot of not ideal in the sports world in 2020. No doubt. Uh, CJ, again, great job yesterday with that story. Um, got some people talking. <laughs> and uh, hopefully you get a break from the cell phone at some point this week, and I doubt you will, but hopefully you do. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, no problem, guys. Be well. Uh, there is Chris Johnson, NHL and Sportsnet. Follow him on Twitter for stuff like that. Um, we're not going to have enough time for everything on the show. I just got a text <laughs> of Kyrie Irving burning sage in Boston before the Nets face the Celtics. It's to rid like a curse. To rid a yeah. curse. Is that what he's doing? I mean, I mean, that's 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 what you would think that he's doing in I'd, some I'd way. Yeah, I'd find it weirder if he wasn't burning sage at this point. <laughs> oh, come on, is like. Another. Tr- uh, we're gonna get to all of it. Best of the week. Countdown to kickoff. It's amazing. Where do you find sage, sage in a with- pandemic anyway? Like Amazon. Like where do you go for that? That's, That's weird. Next, Tim and Sid, Sportsnet Radio. Oh, Kyrie's Kyrie. weird. What are you talking oh, about? Kyrie never changed. Still to come, a holiday edition of Countdown to Kickoff. And uh, right now, Sydney, it's time for the best of the week. Uh, here's how it works, as always. Uh, we give you the options for our favorite clip of the week. And you can vote on Twitter, at Tim and Sid, and we reveal the winner at the end of the show. Got it? No, got it. Nominee, we got a good group of nominees. Nominee number one, Kawhi Leonard on with Jimmy Kimmel. And, boy, that Kawhi is funny, Tim. <laughs> Roll it. You are a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and um, uh, do you, how much of that do you attribute to your enormous hands? Do you have your hands with you right now? May we see them? <laughs> yeah, let me find them. Here okay. Them. <laughs> are there disadvantages to having huge hands like that? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I don't notice until I see you know, either my friends or someone else doing an activity, and... You know, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, putting putting my hands in my own pockets. Like, some, sometimes it's just way too small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good that you live in Southern I California. Keep going on and on. Wait a minute, is that why you left Toronto? Because your hands were cold? Oh, man, I couldn't find gloves to fit me. <laughs> <laughs> Was, but, like... Kawhi Leonard on a talk show. 
<laughs> that takes balls, that, man. That's Jimmy that, Jimmy Kimmel is that kind of host. I admire it. I admire it. That feels stones. like an oxymoron. Kawhi Leonard some, on a talk show. You got something out of him. That's it's like the best of one. Tim and Sid. Uh, we're all working in our basements. Can be challenging. We're nine months in now. It's nice to know that we're not alone. TNT broadcast legend Kevin Harlan also working from his basement calling NBA action live. Uh, we saw it in this video posted by his daughter. Sacramento scene of game two in our preseason doubleheader. Welcome everyone to the NBA on TNT. Tonight is the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. Good evening, everyone. Kevin Harlan along with the Hall of Famer, Grant Hill. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And Grant, it just seems like yesterday we ended the season. Now here, 72 days later, we're starting another a very quick turnaround for the NBA and its players. His setup's cooler. <laughs> His setup's a little cooler. Kevin Harlan, a backdrop. Awesome. I know. That's what makes it cooler immediately. Uh, that's nominee number two, Kevin Harlan. Uh, as Tim mentioned before the break, we sometimes audible here on Best of the Week. Things kind of mm-hmm. pop up, and they become nominees when you didn't think a new nominee was coming around the corner. Kyrie Irving, moments ago, um, they are in Bof- uh, Boston tonight, excuse me, and Kyrie Irving has Sage, is burning Sage, walking around the court in Boston, uh, performing some type of ceremony, Tim. I can't begin to figure out whether or not he's actually serious or just doing it for the gram, so to speak, because he knows shows like us will jump all over this. What are we looking at here, Tim? What is this? Uh, this is the burning of sage and the uh, the smoke of said sage being walked around TD Garden in Boston, then handed off to an assistant of the New Jersey Nets, um, Kyrie Irving, there's two options here, Sid. He is trying to live his life in a fishbowl and attempting his best not to worry about what people think of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. Or he is simply just trolling everybody, and he and his friends secretly get together after doing things like burning sage at the TD Garden in Boston where he failed miserably and laugh about people like us. Moss to the flame, as it were. Is he trying to also wipe out the curse of where he said, because I believe it's on that exact court, he said, I want to retire a Celtic. Yep. I think he's trying to wipe that curse away with using the sage and having a type of ceremony. Boy, I never, there's not a person on earth in sports you can trust less than the person who says, I don't care what the media thinks, and I don't care what they say about me, and I don't talk to pawns, and I am an no, artist. No, he cares. No, he cares. No he one cares, cares because more he than it. that guy. No one right. cares more than that guy, Timmy. Absolutely, 100%. Um, good luck to him. That's going to fail miserably in Brooklyn, and I'm looking forward to it. On to nominee number four. <laughs> you, hate, you hate him, eh? The whole setup, though, doesn't make any sense to me. Nash, no experience. That guy, has Broadway production every day. Durant's going to get sick of that in a month. He already did on Instagram over the weekend, kind of. Anyway, we don't we can go Holiday on gatherings are different this year, like everything. Montreal Canadiens held their traditional Christmas party uh, virtual this week. And we're not sure if there was wine, but there was definitely cheese. <laughs> Gosh, it's almost time for the annual Canadian's Christmas party. It's being held virtually this year. I hope everything goes smoothly. Hey, Brennan. Oh, hi, Tyler Toffoli. You're the first one here. 
I set an alarm, wanted to make a good first impression as the new guy. 4 p.m. does seem a little early for the party, though. Tyler, you're in Montreal now. Eastern time. Come on in. I'm bringing something super mint, by the way. What? A mistletoe. What? Mistletoe. It's like mistletoe, but mint. I get it, but it's a virtual party. You're home alone. Oh. Yuffie, this is some party, eh? Yuffie, you're on mute. I can't hear you. You're still muted. Okay, Boomer. Tuna, what'd you ask Santa Claude for this year? <laughs> the same thing I asked for every galley. More power play minutes. Wait, you can do that? All I asked for was a blue jersey. I don't, I don't care how cheesy it was. It was very well done. Victor Mete wins with the mint sultoe. <laughs> he wins. He wins. He's a local Toronto guy, so you know he knows what <laughs> mint know. means among the Torontonians. <laughs> All right, we'll take the break. Uh, when we come back, countdown to kickoff and perhaps more. Uh, go vote at Tim and Sid. We'll name the best of the week later on. Jam-packed show will continue next. Sportsnet Radio and TV. It's time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and Sid Sexero. Thank you, Sheepdog. Sid Sexero, Tim McAuliffe. This is Tim and Sid. We are live on TV. We are live on radio. We are on pod. We're streaming online. We got you covered on a Friday. Hope you're enjoying it. Weekend is nearly here. Uh, again, the uh, the voting lines are open for best of the week. Strong class this week. Strong field. We'll announce the winner a little later on. Countdown to kickoff. A holiday edition, I've been told, of Countdown to kickoff with the one and only Tim McAuliffe. Coming up in mere moments. Um, before we dive in into that, though, Yeah, of course you can. Uh, speaking Tuts. of the uh, best of the week, um, I know I told you to take it off the top, so jumping in here go ahead, is go ahead, ridiculous. Go ahead. But uh, Charles Barkley was quoted on... Um, Kyrie Irving and his comments to the media before even seeing the sage stuff and said, we're not frontline responders. We're not teachers, man. You dribble a basketball. Stop acting like you're the smartest person in the world. You said that on the Jay will uh, podcast. It, it's, yeah. it, it was an interesting, where do you stand on that? Cause I had someone, Tim, uh, it's fascinating. You bring that up. I had someone text me earlier today who got in a WhatsApp chat fight about that quote yeah, and they yeah. believed, and they believed, and part of part of the room thought it was like shut I up and it. dribble 2.0, yep. and the other half thought it was fine. Where do you stand on that? I'm curious. It's, it, it's the man you dribble a basketball is why people are going to the shut up and dribble idea, but stop acting like you're the smart smartest person in the world is what Charles Barkley is saying, and it's funny coming from Charles Barkley. I'm not here to pick sides on it. I get why people are going to the shut up and dribble, and they might be upset by that, especially from Charles Barkley uh, in the past, the noted Republican, but if you just get to the stop acting like you're the smartest person in the world coming from Charles Barkley, it's all, it's all wonderful, and part of the reason why basketball is what it is, because guys will say that to each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but and people change too. Like like Barkley in that last contentious Democratic Senate race, he was front and center in Alabama. Like, think people mm-hmm. change their views all the time. Like, it's a good point. I just I don't think uh, having a white anchor on Fox News say that about LeBron is the same as this. I think you have one professional talking to another yeah. professional about be professional. 
I, I, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. And I think people are trying to make it, shockingly, shockingly. in this day and age, trying to make more out of uh, something than is actually there. And that's kind of where I'm at on it as well. Um, the Raiders and Chargers last night. It was an awful entertaining game, for the most part. <laughs> Just, um, Justin Herbert, who I'm falling in love with, man. Like, the fact that the, oh, yeah? you can make the Chargers now win close games is a huge victory for the young man. Well, I, yeah, um, that's, that's the next step. That's the next step. Well, they, they took a first step towards it last night. But that's yeah. not what fascinated me about last night's Raiders-Chargers game. No. Um, John Gruden was there in Las Vegas. John Gruden was given an Oakland Raiders hat for the first quarter of that game to wear on the sideline. Now, John Gruden and his sideline etiquette this year has been costly to him. He wasn't wearing a mask properly. He got hammered with a fine. So did the Raiders. That mm-hmm. last night wasn't fine-worthy, but it is embarrassing-worthy. And after the game, Gruden said, quote, Someone played a practical joke on me. After the first quarter, it was rectified. But the pictures wearing an Oakland Raider hat flew all over the NFL, Timmy. It's, it's not the, the most serious question you and I are going to ask each other during the show. But is there a guy you want to be least in sports than the staffer on the Raiders who gave John Gruden that hat? Like, John Gruden is still not a guy in his elder years I want to piss off. He's not the guy. I, I agree with you, but part of me thinks that he was in on this and that the really? practical joke was an excuse. Okay. What do you mean in on it? Like, it's, it's his mistake? Like he wanted to honor Oakland. There's, oh, okay. there's a lot of people who in Oakland still support the team. Like, I don't know if you saw oh, no, you're right. they had the yeah. bricks in the building. Yeah. Like, I think, he, I think he's in on the let's keep Oakland close and driving to these games because I don't know if Vegas can actually support the team. And okay. we haven't seen that yet. True. And part of me wonders if this was all part of an act to put the Oakland on the hat because they know they need old Raiders fans driving to Las Vegas, and they might be starting to see that in this pandemic. Interesting I know theory. that's way it, deeper an answer than you were looking for. No, but it was, it, it's, <laughs> it's not I a take I had thought of, and I didn't think of it because he did change hats right after the first quarter, so... I don't know if it would lend to that necessarily, but I'm not. Listen, it's 2020. I'm not ruling anything out. So, you need, listen, that team's going to need people at some point. They want to keep those Oakland people. You're right. I don't disagree with the notion at all. Yeah. I don't disagree. They have bricks with, in the stadium that they sold to people in Oakland, and they put their name on it because they want them to drive to Las Vegas and see their name on the brick that they paid for, which was funny in the story, too. They paid for the brick. Well, of course. You're not just going to give a brick for <laughs> no. free to someone from Oakland. Please, those posh people from Oakland. You got to, got to make them pay for it. Uh, coming up, uh, more basketball as we get you set for uh, Raptors' final preseason game against the Miami Heat. You can hear it on Sportsnet Five Nine the Fan. But Sydney, it is time. Where's it? Where is it? Hit me with it for the not so little thing. Hit me we with it. Down to kickoff. That's what I want. That's what I want. Week 15 in the National Football League underway last night with a Raiders performance that finally answered the question, what are the Las Vegas Raiders? And the answer, like Sixero running the 40, was simply not good enough. I was better than the Raiders last night running the 40. I was for, the, for those who are new to the show, here's how C2K works. We all know that stats are like a Nicki Minaj video. They show you a lot. But they don't show you everything. So we take the plethora of stats the National Football League produces every week, and we break them down in an attempt to edutain. 
as we all head into the weekend, trying to give smiles, especially amidst this terrible thing we call 2020. Week 15 is not only a Thursday nighter, though, Sid. Saturday night football is back as well. So don't forget, along with Northwestern Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, Florida, and poor Cincy, who are just going to get screwed anyway, you get an NFL game or two. Bills at Broncos and the Panthers at the Packers. Yes, alliteration for 200, Alex. The Bills are among three teams that can clinch their division this weekend, along with the Steelers and Saints. More alliteration. The Bills are aiming for their first division title since 1995. I love that you now have a pen and a paper ready for every countdown to kickoff. Because oh, you know. Stupid. <laughs> this, is my, this is my first day here. I understand what countdown to kickoff is. I got to walk a tightrope for like 60 minutes with this guy. I'm going to write stuff down. So, uh, yes, right. I am going to write stuff down. This is a tough one. Bills aiming for their first division title since 1995, just after the four falls of Buffalo. But still, that 95 team starring the K-Gun offense. Mm-hmm. I'm starting with the toughest trivia question I have ever given you. But really? one you might get. Okay. And might one that, that I wouldn't have gotten, which means that I'm admitting to something here. You might know more in the game of football than I do. And that would hurt me deeply. So in 1995, obviously Jim Kelly was their leading passer. Thurman Thomas was their leading rusher. But seven-time Pro Bowler Andre Reed got hurt. Bad hammy, missed 10 games. I will literally drop off a case of beer at your house if you can tell me who led the Buffalo Bills in receiving in 1995. It wasn't Pete Metzelars. I love a good Pete Metzelars reference, though. I know it wasn't Fred Smurless. You know that, too. <laughs> Freddie Smurless. Cross two names. I know it wasn't Mark Kelso. Great kazoo. <laughs> Great that kazoo. huge helmet. Huge. With it would fit McCallum. So yeah. big. Huge. <laughs> fit McCallum. Hey, I said it myself. You can't kick me when I'm down. I feel, Tim, I feel by the end of that, he may have been gone. Was it James Lofton? I don't have confidence in this. Was it James Lofton? That is incorrect. Damn it. It is not. It is not. But it's. I'm thinking, hold on. I'm thinking small right. guy. I'm thinking small guy. I'm thinking like Cole Beasley-ish. And I can't. Not the Tasker. name is a. Not Steve Tasker. No, there was somebody else. Damn it. It's he, tough. I'll give you, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, the I'll beer give is gone. Hint. Just give me one hint. The beer is gone. I'll give you one hint. He came to the Bills after a pretty distinguished time in Indianapolis. Hmm. Oh, you got me on this one. No. Pass. I, try, I do I try. not know. It's a great question. Billy though. Brooks. Remember Bill Brooks? That is the toughest question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I barely remember but, Billy Brooks. If yeah. you told me name the 10 greatest offensive linemen in Bill's history, I might have had a better chance than Billy Brooks. No, but, but that's this cool. is one that's you fine. this is the one that you either kind of knew or you didn't know. Like that's what I was like wondering cuz I know that you Billy know the Bills Brooks. well. I know you know that time well. That's tough. Uh, I bet you 50, Eric Smith somewhere of Sport of, of Sports Night 590 the fan would claim to have known that. Whether whether he's be lying or not. That's we'll an Eric the, Smith I knew that. I bet you. Tim and Citizens playing along at home and in the car. Let us know if you got that one because it is tough. And I understand. He had 763 yards. Wow. And 11 touchdowns. And his number 11 
I believe, retired in Indianapolis. All right, how about this? Instead of that question about 1995, as the Bills go for history this weekend, give me the number one song on the Billboard Top 100 from 95. And if you want it, I will give you the first line as I did last week with Nickelback. I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go just blind guess off the front. Then I would love your line. Agreed? Agreed. All right. 1995 1995. Color me bads. I want to sex you up. <laughs> I wish. I I wish because you made me laugh immediately on just All right. Uh, All right. I am preparing to deliver the first line as I did last week with Nickelback, and you immediately got it because I sang it so well. You did. As I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Hold on. Hold on. I have to say, before we we continue, the fact that Mm -hmm. Tim does this work every week with the help of our team, I think it's Coolio. I think it's so amazing (laughs) that you put in this effort. We've had a long week as it is, uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, so Coolio Beans, I really uh, thank you. Thank you and to all the the people behind. Uh, I believe that's one of the underrated tracks of that decade, Gangster's Paradise. That is correct, Sydney. And my guy singing the hook is sweating buckets. I, he's a big <laughs> dude. I forget who it was. Great Great job. By the way, top six songs are amazing from Read 1995. Read them out. Read them Number out. two on the Billboard Top 100 from 1995. TLC Waterfalls. Number Banger. three. Banger. Number three. TLC Creep. That one of that was the moment for TLC, eh? That was just great that tracks. Was, What's a better song? Creep burning or down Andre Risen's house. No, Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> Creep was a better song than Waterfalls, though, right? Waterfalls had a message to it. Yeah, but Creep had the better beat. Had a jam. I thought it was a jam. I, 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 yeah. You danced. It was a jam. A it was a tune. Um, Seals Kiss from a Rose, number oh, four from the Batman soundtrack, the weird one. With Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger as Freeze, I believe, mm-hmm. and George mm-hmm. Clooney. And he was like one of the worst Batman. I remember that. Number five, Boys to Men on Bended Knee. And number so six. Ma- no, just so many hits for Boys to Men. Respect Boys to Men so much. So great. Number six, Another Night, Real McCoy. Real. Another night, another dream, but always you. Like a vision of love, it seems to be true. Another night, just another night, another vision. <laughs> you were waiting for me to get to that part. Right. Uh, Bills, Broncos, Packers, Panthers. Those are the Saturday games. Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers heads into Saturday night, needing just one touchdown for 40 on the year. If he gets it, amazingly, he'll be the first player in NFL history with three seasons, 40 or more touchdown passes. We've gone back and forth. I know. Is he the MVP this year? I, I I can't not give it to Patrick Mahomes based on everything we've seen. It might it might not be it's Fair. not gonna be forty eight to two on the vote. Like I think it'll be close. Which rarely is kind of the case in the NFL for some reason. 
But um, I, I, I say Patrick Mahomes is still the MVP. By the way, Tim, I looked it up because Chase Young of Washington is going to win one of these one day. An MVP? Last, last defensive player. Let me throw one your way quickly. Last defensive player to win NFL MVP was whom? Last defensive player Lawrence to win NFL. Taylor? Correct. Give yourself a horn. Lawrence Taylor, or did. 19, I believe it's 1986, and that's it. It's been offensive players. Recently, it's just been quarterbacks. But since 86, nothing but offensive guys. Chase Young of Washington, one day, Tim. Woo. Mike. Yeah, one he's day. unbelievable. I'm with he you. He is that okay, guy. So, so he's the opposite side. And I was looking at the numbers. For Mahomes, too. Uh, my guy threw for 393 yards last week. It's sixth consecutive game with at least 315 yards passing. If he does it again in the marquee matchup, Chiefs Saints, he breaks the NFL record for most consecutive games with at least 315 yards passing, which he currently shares with Drew Brees, who remarkably is going to play on Sunday. I can't believe it. And our friend, Rich Gannon. So as we pour one out for Rich... And remember Jim Kelly earlier, do we need to start rethinking some of these passing numbers because the game just isn't the same? So do we do we look at them the same way we look at 1990s and early 2000s batting statistics? And I don't care if it's yeah. for different reasons. That's irrelevant to me. I just I look at those hitting statistics in baseball different. Yeah. Are you suggesting we kind of pull back a little bit and realize a 4,000-yard season today isn't what it was 20 years ago? I, th I think that's what I'm suggesting. I think that because of the way they've changed the rules and hitting quarterbacks, protecting quarterbacks, receivers, that it's j it might not be the same game. I'm fine with that. I think it's fair. I think I still think we need to elevate these quarterbacks for what they're doing in this in this time yes. in this era. Yes, without a and doubt. there is and like I said, there's a reason why so many have won MVP over the last ten years. But I think big picture, like. I love Patrick Mahomes. Don't tell me he's Joe Montana because he's not Joe Montana. Not yet. He might be. But because the stats are different, I know better because I watched him and you watched him. And I know right. we're now getting of a certain vintage. We need to remind some of the kids that not all 4,000 and 3,000-yard seasons are created equal. He's not Montana yet. Yeah, yeah, he's not Montana. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not Montana. I love him. I think he's unbelievable. Yeah. He might be better than Montana, and Montana's my second-best quarterback of all time. Agreed. But the numbers aren't – you can't compare them. Can't compare them. Even with the can't West Coast them. offense. Uh, so the marquee is 10-3 and three Saints versus 12-1 and one Chiefs, both having clinched a playoff spot and in different conferences. Is this still an important game? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs are in that place where you could see them get. We haven't seen it for like two years now, but maybe get comfortable because they're winning games they don't play well in. The Miami game, the three picks from Mahomes, like they're winning that game. They're yeah. just deciding to score twenty-one unanswered, and it's over. I still think the Chiefs. Every one of these tests are interesting because they're they are susceptible at any point here to being lax and not putting in the effort you would expect because right now it's looking really easy. So I, I think I think, especially from the coaching staff from Andy Reid and and company, it's very important. Add this to only top seed gets a bye now, right? Yep. And how so, important is that bye this week for everything? Never mind your injuries. You want to stay correct. You want to stay in a bunker 
if you're the number one seed in either t- in either conference. Because if you yeah. can't play a game, if you can't play a game, you're probably not advancing to the next round. It ain't like the regular season where they're going to move heaven and earth. All right, so quarterback numbers are up as we continue the countdown to kick off on this Tim and Sid for a Friday. The wide route numbers have to go up, too. Uh, Devontae Adams is doing some crazy things right now. He's had eight straight games with a touchdown reception. One more on Saturday would tie A.J. Green for the second longest run in a single season at nine straight games. Only Jerry Rice had a longer run. He had 12 straight with a touchdown reception. Of Devontae Adams, Stephon Biggs, who already has 100 catches, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, whoever you want to throw into that equation, who's the best wide receiver in the game? In the game. Right now. See, I, see, I don't believe. Who do you want? I, when you asked me that question, and if Nate Burleson was here, he would probably disagree. And, and last time I checked, we have different resumes. So maybe people should listen to Nate Burleson. But I don't think you can just give a guy who has a top three quarterback in this league that title. Because to me, the great wide receiver in football genuinely makes people around them better because of the route running, because of their ability to get open, to shed a top okay. corner on the other side. Like, it's, okay. a, it's, it's truly a reflection to me of, of who they are. And when you look at some of these wideouts out there, like I can't say Michael Thomas, who isn't playing this week, by the way, I can't say Tyreek Hill. I can't say Devontae Adams. I love Devontae Adams, but I can't. I'm not there. Like, I just, I, now, who it is, I mean, it's a, it's, I don't know. It's a very difficult question. I, I still think DeAndre Hopkins, for the numbers he can put up on, on a bad team, is a pretty damn good, like, give him a team. Like, give him a backfield, finally. That can actually run, right? Like give him, give him, give him a team that give like give him Kyler. Like Kyler Murray's still learning here. We're we're seeing this, and he's probably a little banged up going back a few weeks. But I would say to me, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in football right. because he doesn't have the luxury of some other guys. It's amazing because two of the guys that we're going to talk about in that equation, uh, Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins, were both traded this offseason, yep. and they're both making their former teams eat it with a knife and fork. Correct. If correct, if you tr- if you traded me for another co-host, who would you want in return? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a loud. very that is a very interesting question. Well, by process of elimination, no, Ken Reed, don't even text me. That's not happening. Um, it doesn't have to be from our network. It doesn't have to be from our country. I think, for the sake of, I, think, I, I think for the sake of my paycheck, I think it's a very smart move to just kind of keep it in the Rogers family. Um, what? You don't have yeah, to do that, not? even though I love. I wasn't well, thinking. I was thinking if we're trading teams. Not. I wasn't even thinking Rogers. Oh, so you're, you're I, saying not internally. You're saying any nah, other. No, if, um, if, we're, hey, if we're together at Sportsnet, we're working together. Those, they, right, they won't, right, right, right. They won't even let us break out. I I would uh, in Sportsnet, um, just guys like guys that work DJ and Arash. And, I'm and saying Steve not Putt. Sportsnet. Stop. No, but I'm, I'm saying not it, if I was a Sportsnet, if outside of Sportsnet, I gotta be honest. I like Dutchie. <laughs> you and Dutchie. I like him. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He's awesome. I've been watching for years. That. I'm a huge fan. 
I'm a huge. We ran him at the golf tournament right. a couple of years ago. Yeah. There's no off switch on on that guy. He's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. You, you, you might so, have to throw in a I, first I round pick though. Like I don't know if I'm straight up for Dutchie. Oh yeah, we'd have to work out the parameters. Maybe bring in a third <laughs> team, like the Houston Rockets are trying to do right now. Maybe bring in a maybe bring in a third team. A little CBC radio right. acquisition as well. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we we go boomer sooner on our final question. Oklahoma quarterbacks Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Meet as the Cardinals and Eagles meet at State Farm Stadium and fitting because Hertz was the insurance on the four-year, $128 million deal signed by Carson Wentz, 108 of it guaranteed. Can the Eagles afford to have a cap hit of $18.6 million this year and $34.6 million next year on the bench? Um. Tim, I almost think it's an irrelevant question because whatever they do with him, they're stuck with that salary. I'm no yes. NFL cap expert, but whether you deal him, whether you waive him, whether you have him sitting there holding a holding a, a Microsoft tablet, it doesn't matter now with Carson Wentz because that cap hit, the salary might, the the contracts might not be guaranteed in the NFL, Tim. But I still love how you can't escape from salary cap mismanagement. You yeah. cannot do it. Not in this league. And that is almost more punishing, which we never talk about, than the actual dollars and cents, which these teams kind of, they piss money. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. $38 million for Carson Wentz, they don't care about that in any NFL team. Um, I just think they're going to have to eat it regardless. But you know what, though, Tim? If it means Jalen Hurts is the guy, and he's one of the better runners in football and learns to kind of sit in the pocket a bit more, I've been a huge fan of Jalen Hurts every time I see him play. I don't care if it's Alabama. I don't care if it's Oklahoma. I don't care if it was last week. I like this kid a lot. He seems confident, and he's not an idiot. So I think it's a good place to start. Play your better player because the other players will get pissed off if you're not Correct. your better player. Uh, by the way, Correct. if you don't understand the, the cap money that Sixero is talking about, Philadelphia first reasonable out on Wentz's deal comes in 2022. And well, if it. they did it, if they did it, they would still have to eat $25 million in dead cat money. Amazing. What's cat the biggest waste of money? No. Sorry, God. What's the biggest waste of money that you have had in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I almost, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll, this is a true story. It was an almost waste of money. I almost bought, and I'm not making this up because I'm a fan of the show. Tim, do you know the, the convertible Sebring that Michael Scott drives around in in the office? <laughs> yeah. I took one out for a test drive once with my girlfriend at the time and future wife with me. And we parked it. And I said, what do you think? She goes, we live in Canada, man. <laughs> like, what are you doing with a convert, let alone a Sebring convertible? What are you doing with a convertible? So... <laughs> That was my near miss. I think it's uh, better than any real waste of money. Look, man, I bought a, I bought a, uh, who, who's, which band sang Two Princes back in the day? <laughs> I bought that CD. That's the biggest waste of money I've ever spent in my life. Aside from that, nearly buying a, a Sebring convertible was Spin number doctors. two. Spin doctors. <laughs> my By the way, God. true story. I believe Elliot Friedman had a convertible Sebring. <laughs> How have I not heard this story before? <laughs> I'll try wow. not to waste your time or money with the game show portion of the Week 15 Countdown to Kickoff. Coming up next, we go Elf on a Shelf. That's right, kids. 
blow for blow on the Tim and Sid show. We hope to make you shout out with glee on Sportsnet Radio and TV. Sean Reed writes in and says, as an Eagles fan, Rodgers has to be MVP, makes chickens with feathers. Mahomes has a plethora of weapons. Or does Mahomes make all those weapons look better? Maybe not Kelsey. I think Kelsey would look good with anybody, but the rest of them. All right. Shiraz is just taking this a little too far. You should throw in Ken Reed as a kicker with Tim to get Dutchie. Like, what? I can't even. You got to throw in another. No, I think, I think Tim. I think Dutchie. Tim holds I love way. Dutchie, man. Tim holds way more value than that. Way more Renteria. value. Renteria. <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great line. It's a great line. Nothing but respect and admiration. So back good. to back. Great. Fantastic stuff, man. I'm all a fan. Right, what uh, can I say? You know what? I, and I love how Tim, like, there's a lot of anchors kind of scared to go down that road about the three-liner and whatnot. Listen, man, we all watch sports in this country. We all know what the deal is. Yeah. I, I, there's so many people there I respect as, as, as much as, as we have here. Just tremendous pros, fantastic people, and I'm, I'm a Dutchie guy. We would always do it with whoever it was. Brian Williams when we were working at matter. Post. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like, small world, is, man. It's a small no, world. No, and, and we just watch sports. Like, we love sports. Yes. Oh, yes. Like our we audience. sports. Right. Yes. Uh, on, a, on my way to break, I, I, did you notice the rhyming I was doing? A little bit. On the way to break, I did a couple more little rhymes there. I don't want to say they were bars. I was still trying to. I was still rhyme. trying to figure out if myself and Elliot almost co-owned Sebring Convertibles <laughs> at the same <laughs> that time. Amazing. Which, according uh, to so Jim I'll... Richards, by the way, is a thing. Jim Richards confirmed it. He was pretty sure. Did he really? <laughs> Jim Richards just now on Twitter. Shout out, Jim. He, he basically. He like ninety percent confirmed it. He said, "Ask Elliot. I'm pretty sure he had one." <laughs> Michael Scott, Elliot Friedman, and Sid Sixero. It would have yeah, just holy been Trinity. so good. The holy Trinity. Right? Oh my God, so good. So this Elf on a Shelf thing is going crazy. And next Friday's Christmas. Uh, I might be still in my basement, but we won't be on air. So this is our kind of Christmas edition to the countdown to kickoff. Correct, Sid. Friends. Have you seen this elf on a shelf meme making the rounds on the internet? Uh, flash it, guys. I have no, no. I'll, I'll I'll get to that in a second. If you don't know it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it. This week's closer for countdown to kickoff is Tim and Sid on a shelf, which doesn't rhyme at all. But I don't doesn't give a bleep. Let's do doesn't this Christmas to. thing. So that music. Just frolicking through the snow with a mask on. <laughs> All right. So this elf in a shelf meme that's making the rounds on the internet, mostly Twitter, um, pretty much is what it is. A picture that follows a rhyming pattern like elf on the shelf. But instead okay. of elf on the shelf, it's something completely different. And you kind of have to guess what it is. Now, the image serves as the rhyming punchline for the caption. Stay with me here. The image serves as the rhyming punchline for the caption. So if you follow the rhyming pattern on Elf and a Shelf, you would get something like Caillou on the Bayou. On the Bayou, yeah, yeah. Caillou, you know what I'm Caillou? D-bag, Caillou. <laughs> that is huge. That is, uh, huge. that is your second right answer of this. Huge. Tim and Sid Countdown. Or from your Buffalo Bills, Sid right. Sixero, you could get, say, I don't know. Oh, let me Dawson try it. Let me try not- it. Let, let me give you okay. a practice one. Let, let me take a run at it. Flash it up, please. So I'm assuming you were say Dawson Knox on 
a bear? I don't get what we're doing here. No, I'm kidding. An ox. Dawson Knox <laughs> on an ox. I got right, it. Pretty straightforward. I got, okay. I, I got the rules. I, I, I was not going right. to guess. That was way too small, by the way, for me to guess Dawson Knox. So I may ask you for a first name on the smaller portion of the picture, Tim, if there is. Um, wait. Just wait, so you know. Just, just wait. So you know. uh, we're, getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, Trevor Bauer tweeted Bauer in a shower, right? Oh, he's so clever. He so is so clever. clever. Yep. And uh, you know James Harden has been in the news lately, but did you know mm-hmm. that James Harden has also been doing some gardening? So that would be... I was fully just expecting Harden in a strip joint. That's all I was expecting. <laughs> Not Harden gardening. But Harden you know what I'm saying. Yep. Okay, so the it. rhyming okay, scheme is important. But the it. way we're going to do it so that the radio audience can play along is I'll give you a clue of what the picture would be you have to guess what the meme will be. Get it? I think. I'm going to give you a clue, and then I'm going to reveal the picture. You're going to tell me what the picture is. Okay? This so is just like Jeopardy. You, you, you give me the clue, and I try and visualize it Mm-hmm. instead of just looking at it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you Let's need to look stuff. at it, I'll show it to you. I may, uh, I may have to, hopefully I don't have to go down that road, but I may ask on you a couple. You sucked on Jeopardy. I'm going to beg you to listen to the clue. It's all, right. all in the clue, okay? As long as it's a clear clue, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> clear. You sure? It's a two-way street on that. Clear clue. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Pretty much, it's a, it's a meme with an image and a clue mm-hmm. and a riddle wrapped in an enigma. All right, let's get going here. An easy one, we think, I swear, I hope. I'm not trying to screw you on it. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for the Basketball Hall of Fame point guard, current Lakers assistant head coach, former Bucks head coach, and the Portuguese host of this show. Hall of Fame point guard, current Lakers assistant head coach, former Bucks head coach and the Portuguese host of this show. Oh, kid on a sit. <laughs> I love I love I got it. In the pocket. Look at that. Look at that. Jason Kidd is in my pocket. For those listening on radio, Jason Kidd's in my pocket. Let me explain it to you. There. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. That is Kid on Sid. All right, we're getting it go. There you go. Sid Sixero is one for one. I got now, Tim, enough. Tim, I, I got I a little scared. I, I stress to you, if you think the picture is funny enough, let's just go with the picture. If you think we have to stretch our legs on the picture, because that was pretty hilarious, and I don't think that was up long enough, just go to the picture, because that's a hell of a punchline. Just uh, my own advice. That was funny. Ra- that was but funny. The, radi- the radio audience doesn't know that. I can describe the picture. It's fine. Before my guess, I can describe it. Yeah, get it we involve everybody. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for... A Cleveland Browns running back on Sportsnet's most interesting man and friend of the show. Browns running back. Current Browns running back? Current? Current. Sportsnet's most interesting man and friend of the show. I need to see the picture. I got 50% of it. Oh, I was thinking of Nick Chubb. <laughs> I'm like, I knew you I'm would like, just pull 
by that one. Is it Ken Reed or Ken Chubb? I can't tell. <laughs> Kareem Hunt and a Stephen Brunt. There you go. There you go. I like it. I don't know if I get a point for it, but the two. Wait a second. You went. You went down the road. You say Cleveland Browns running back. They have split the backfield. You they have completely split it. Come and Nick on, Chubb man. is your cowbell. And you put Kareem Hunt. Damn it. I, but who rhymes with Chubb on our lineup? Well, I don't know. Someone on on the betting show we got. We, I don't know. There's some like that's weird. That's what you got to do. You got to find something that rhymes with Hunt. But be Stewart very careful. Hub? I don't know. Hunt, I thought was a little dangerous. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I don't think you're going down the road. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think I picked I the right ya. Cleveland back, Cleveland running back to start. Sports, hold on. It's not important. Sportsnet's most interesting man. Should I said he he lives in Newfoundland? Maybe, maybe it would have rhymed. Whatever, can't can't win a right, fine. So you're uh, one and a half out of two. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for this Arizona Diamondback Silver Slugger in the outfield in the country my family is from. All right. Back end, I know. Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder. You said Silver Slugger? Silver Slugger. That's, uh, I believe, that is David Peralta in a Malta. I believe. <laughs> is that David Peralta? Um, that is indeed All right. David Peralta there you go. in a Malta. Suck on that, Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Wait, I'm not terrible at this. Careful. By the way, are, are you? Yeah, don't do that. Are you? <laughs> careful. Are you? By the way, I take offense to David Peralta in the graphic Maui, who I love. Stepping all over Malta like that. No one steps on Malta. No one puts Malta in the corner. Okay? No, no. No. Ask the the Italians in World War II if you know what I'm talking about, Sixera. Yeah, deal with that. Deal with that. Currently ranked 131st in the world, according to FIFA. Don't do that to Malta. I don't know if it's 131. I'm making that up. Uh, Two and a half out of three. got to move along here. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for the best Portuguese soccer player ever. And a guy children have a hard time finding in a book. Um, both at times can be juvenile. <laughs> uh, Ronaldo and Waldo. What? Ronaldo on a Waldo. There you go, How? Sixero. Did Where's Waldo books like cause seizures? <laughs> like, I don't think it's healthy to look at that for an extended period of time. <laughs> can you God find bless, Ronaldo? They made a ton of... Can I find Shout yeah he's the Maui. one who, he's the one who lost to Lewandowski and doesn't like it. There he is. I found him. <laughs> I found him. There he is, right there. Can you really see him? I can't see him. No, I can't. Oh, I'm, I can't. Okay. Three and a half out of four. He was in the graph. Sorry, he was in the graphic. I thought it was just a regular Where's Waldo page. No, but there's next block. This... Try show that again. Next block. No, we got to move on. Next block, right. please. Three, three and a half three out of four. Block. Number five. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready. For two guys on the 10-meter springboard and DMX's favorite CFL team from Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh, but what's the front end of that? Let me see. Read that one more time. Read that two one guys more. on the 10-meter springboard right? and DMX's favorite CFL team from Saskatchewan. Stop. Drop. Can't dive really well. Filipino divers. Rough riders. Oh. Oh. I didn't. 
Do we have to put Rough Rider gear in the Filipino divers? That's a little uncalled for. Although it would have helped them. Uh, it couldn't have hurt the dives. Uh, I can't I wait till we tweet all these out later. Like, oh, amazing. Oh. Uh, Filipino divers and Rough Riders is correct. Uh, six zero four and a half out of five, even though he was hard on himself early. Six. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for Canadian hockey legends Phil and Tony and the song you sang to David Price. Esposito. Phil Esposito <laughs> had his number retired in Boston. Ray Bork gave him a number seven. And then he wore number 77. Oh, Phil Esposito. He's also hockey hall of famer. He plays goal. He's fantastic. I couldn't rhyme the rest. I'm done. Yeah, and that was Tony Espos- who played goal, though. Oh, the, no, I said, did I say Phil off the front? Yeah, yeah. he said Phil I, second I time. thought I said Tony Esposito played goal. Right. You're good. Was- You're good. Five and a half out of six. Desposito on Esposito. Esposito on Desposito. Writes itself. Uh, number seven. You've heard of Elf in a Shelf. Now get ready for a hockey coach played by Emilio Estevez and Sportsnet's oh, in-game reporter for the Blue Jays games. Okay, so here, I'm going to call a foul here. Okay? What is that? The Mighty Ducks movies are terrible. And I forgot oh. it the first time I saw it. So I'm, I am going to lay down my sword on this. No, no, hold on. You can figure and this I'll out. Let, and I'll let other people play. Because I do not know the first one. I'm not married to the Mighty Ducks franchise. I know it's sacrilege to say, but I can't. I can't. But I'll let people play at home. I think I've, I've wasted enough time explaining it. So I'm sure people at home have got well, who's, it. But... Who's the Jays reporter? Can you figure it out backwards? Well, I mean, well, well what, what time of the year are we talking about? Mostly it's Hazel May, right? Rashford yeah. Danny? I don't know. Like, I don't even know which Jays. That's the thing. That's a All tough right. question for me. Okay, show the, show, show the graphic. See if he gets it from the graphic. I don't know the coach's name. That's Hazel May, obviously. <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, how Tim, I'm sorry. I, how I, dare I, you not know there's who a Gordon reason Bombay for my... is? Gordon Bombay, Bombay and Hazel, Bombay. And Hazel May. Whatever. That movie Five wasn't that great. Just because, you, just because you put hockey in a movie doesn't mean you got to watch it religiously in this country. If Relax. you're Canadian, it does. Relax. I get it. You're actually right on that one. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. <laughs> Now get ready for the U.S. president who served from 81 to 89 and a Tim and Sid camera camera operator, otherwise known as the VP of Technical Ops. Well, haven't seen these guys in a while, Tim. You know, it's Seb and Vinny. Well, it's... And that's shining city on a hill, Tim and Sid Studio. I miss Dagan, too. <laughs> Reagan and Dagan. That's good. I don't know why really I can do a Reagan impression 50 years after the fact or whatever it is. <laughs> Shout out, Dagan. All right. Six and a half is, out of eight. Is Dagan okay? I haven't called him in a while. I don't know if he's sick or not. I, sure I've reached fine. out a couple times. He's oh, good. nice. He's good. Uh, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for this boxer from Rocky Movies and a host of Sportsnet Central. Oh wow! A box. This boxer, Rocky. Obviously, Rocky's a boxer. From yes, Sid, you're an idiot. <laughs> Obviously, it's Rocky. 
A boxer. A boxer. Rocky? From Rocky movies. Rocky and Carly. What? That doesn't rhyme, you idiot. Rocky and Carly doesn't rhyme? I beg to Rocky differ. Rocky and Carly. Okay, yeah. maybe hip hop. Throw rhymes. it, throw it in a, in a in a in a in a bar, and it rhymes. It gets you to where you need to go. <laughs> Come I on, it's... man. I guess I'm wrong. All right, All right. let's see. A, let's see the let's see the let's picture. Unveil. Maybe. Oh, about Balboa and Reed. What? <laughs> Look behind him. Yeah, that's not Rocky, or is that Apollo Creed? Oh, Creed and yeah, whatever. <laughs> Next one. Next one. And you know what pisses me off the most? Another promo for the hockey card book. I, I, I get it, Ken. I get it. it you like crazy. hockey cards. <laughs> the next book Ken needs to write is One Night Only dot 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 when I didn't tell you I had a book. That's the next title of the book. I want the best of the week to be the realization on that one. <laughs> Sid. Uh, a, a, Apollo Creed on Ken Reed was acceptable, and I would have taken Drago on Agro, too. Ah, uh, See? All right. out a different way. I wasn't even thinking. Finally. Finally. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for Sid's Lunch at the Cafeteria and another word for home runs. Fingers and fries and big flies. <laughs> hey, Six Arrow. Oh, on yeah? the way oh, out. Right. Look at Fingers that. and fries on great, big flies. Most delicious bat flip in Major League history. <laughs> Look at that. So good. Uh, I don't know what you ended up with. It was worth it anyway. Doesn't matter. Job. It was Mark perfect. Sheldon, Jeff, as the party, Thomas Dobby. Thanks, everybody. Everyone who helped put that together. Isn't Hazo off this week? He helped with that? Seriously? I thought yeah, Hazo was he, off this week. No, he, he was the good one that came up with the idea and started it up. Thanks, and so, uh, By the way, Sandy writes in and says, mention a bench. Uh, I should have mentioned mention a bench, too, because uh, mention a bench is wonderful, and that's actually my goal in life is to be a mensch. All right. Take the break. When we come back. When we come back, I don't know, best of the week winner. Next. There is controversy since Sixero. Oh, no. Steven wasn't the last one chicken fingers and Big Al hitting dingers. Gregory, fingers and dingers could have worked as well. I know if you look at them, they rhyme. But do fingers and dingers actually rhyme? Like like almost letter for letter, no? Letter for letter, if you look at them. But yeah. they're pronounced differently, aren't they? Fingers. How do you pr- say dingers. Say it again. You don't say dingers. I don't say, say dingers. fingers either. I say fingers. Like it's almost, the, the G has almost gone silent in my finger. I, I re- I'm not comfortable say, with this conversation in I a say, lot of ways. <laughs> I say fingers. I don't say dingers. Like, my wife says family a lot. She hits the three syllables. I think it's weird because family to me has become a two-syllable word. Family. Family. I don't go family. I got you. But she goes family, and then she gives me, like, I'm better than you in every way look. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm just like, but I'm happy to say after nine months, that's been our biggest disagreement is how you pronounce family. (laughs) So I think we're doing okay. I think we're doing okay. And Steve writes in and says every bit can't be a killer. That was pretty damn good, though. That was fun. I, I, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, you want to do, how about this, Timmy? Let's do best of the week. Let's wrap this up. Yeah. And then uh, we'll throw a couple more things out there if we have them. Thanks for the votes, everybody. Um, when Kawhi is on Kimmel, you, you have a feeling that's the favorite for best of the week. The votes are in. Congratulations, that hilarious character 
That's fun guy, Kawhi. You are a two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and um, uh, do you? How much of that do you attribute to your enormous hands? Do you have your hands with you right now? May we see them? <laughs> yeah, let me find them. Here okay. <laughs> are there disadvantages to having huge hands like that? Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I don't notice until I see either my friends or someone else doing an activity and. You know, I'm like, I can't do that. Like, putting putting my hands in my own pockets. Like, some, sometimes <laughs> it's way too small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's good that you live a, in Southern California. Going on and on. Wait a minute, is that why you left Toronto? Because your hands were cold? Oh, man, I couldn't find gloves to fit me. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, hilarious. In our Wild best the crazy guy. Wild uh, Luke crazy wrote guy. in in the middle of the show and said, at Tim and Sid, in your opinion, how much of this Kawhi tampering deal is just Uncle Dennis talking caca or poo-poo? Or is this just clouding over the water so we can't see what's really going on? I think, Tim, I've, I rarely say this to you on air. This is a non-story. What's going to come of it, this NBA investigation of this? You really think a guy with $2 million in his pocket swayed Kawhi Leonard? You really think that's how that played out? I find it, I find it very difficult to believe this has any level of relevance to it because Kawhi Leonard does what Kawhi Leonard wants to do. But he I stared think, at wait, Luke, Greg Popovich. You know what I mean? Like yeah. $2 million? I think what Luke is saying, though, is that why not go after the guys who really tampered here? Steve Palmer, yes, yeah, and Lawrence Frank. Lawrence Frank, I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Go after the big fish. Don't go after some low-level shakedown guy. It's ridiculous. I don't know if you're my mensch in a bench or my elf in a shelf, Sid, but I enjoyed this. You are a mensch, Tim, and you know you are a mensch. We will see you all next week. Have a great weekend. But as we leave you, don't forget, especially now. Wash your hands. You know, wash. Wash your hands. You should be washing your hands wash before your this. Hands. Creed on Washing your hands. Washing your hands. Washing your hands.